This is Science Modeling Talks, the podcast that features top modeling instructors and thought leaders sharing ideas. I'm your host, Mark Royce. I want to remind you to visit sciencemodelingtalks.com, where you can access a lot of extra content and learn more about us and the American Modeling Teachers Association, the professional organization that we promote. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. My guest for this episode is Dr. Gloria Kreischer-Gajewicz. Gloria has been a high school science educator for more than 23 years, teaching various science courses in Ohio, including biology, anatomy, and physiology, physics, earth science, and chemistry. Currently, she's teaching chemistry and AP chemistry at Ottawa Hills High School in Toledo, Ohio. She's a National Geographic Certified Teacher and has served as a Step-Up Ambassador. Dr. Gajewicz has presented at many conferences, including the Northwest Ohio Symposium, Bowling Green State University Women in Science Day, Ohio Teacher Leader Summit, and the Science Education Council of Ohio. She's received the Educational Excellence Award from the Ohio School Board Association and has received a Presidential Award for Excellence in Math and Science Teaching. Gloria earned her doctorate in education in 2019 from Bowling Green State University. She presented sessions on modeling instruction at several conferences and led biology modeling workshops for teachers in Ohio, Texas, and many online courses for teachers from coast to coast. Here's my conversation with Dr. Gajewicz. Hi, Gloria. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. You're in Ohio. I am. And uh, how's the weather and and how are you doing? It's absolutely beautiful today. It's uh, sunny and warm and I cannot complain at all. We've actually officially begun our summer vacation. Well, this is a good time. I I know you're getting ready to go on vacation, is it, tomorrow? Yes. Yes. What are you doing? (laughs) We're going to Europe. Oh, our son graduated high school last year, and we were unable to take him on a on a trip for his graduation present because of COVID. So now we get to to take him this year. So we're flying into to uh, Berlin tomorrow. Wow, that's really cool. Oh, I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you. It's uh, it's really fun to be over there and check out some of the history and the just see all those places that we hear about. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I want to first just start by asking you, uh, how did you get introduced to the modeling instruction pedagogy? Did you, did, you know, where were you first introduced to modeling and uh, how'd that come about? In 2011, a co-teacher of mine, her husband was leading a workshop through our local university and she recommended that I check it out. And it was a two-week commitment in the summer, and for someone with young kids at the time, that's a big commitment. But along with that, they were offering some uh, a stipend um, to help with daycare, and they were offering some equipment to use in the classroom. And I thought, well, this sounds like a really good deal. I should try this. I'm always looking for, you know, some new innovative ideas, and at the time that I was introduced, I think I was a 16-year veteran teacher. And I was starting to, you know, it, things kind of felt, felt flat in my classroom. 
um, a lot of the focus was on me being the performer and leading the discussion, the conversation, and basically telling kids everything that I know about science. And it was kind of boring. Um, And so when I participated in this workshop, it really it really shook me up. It really changed everything I understood about teaching and learning. And for the first time, I really felt like what I had been doing all along was wrong. Hmm. Uh, that, that the most effective way to teach students was not what I was doing. I, I was approaching it all wrong. Um, and so... I uh, participated in this workshop for the, the two weeks. Uh, we learned about physics and chemistry content, uh, which was what I was teaching at the time. Hmm. And I just absolutely loved it. It was very challenging for me. I learned all kinds of new content. I realized that I was even perpetuating some misconceptions in my own classroom. And that was frustrating for me. <laughs> How I how I've been te- teaching for so long and still um, not necessarily truly understanding how to help students learn better in my own classroom. So um, this was a really powerful uh, workshop for me and, and one that I will never forget. And it has completely changed how I approach my own classroom today. Wow! So you've been employing it in your classrooms since. 2011, 12, somewhere in there? 2011, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what what do you feel like the biggest change that it's made in your classroom approach? I think, more importantly, it made a huge impact on me as a teacher and realizing that I need to give more power over to my students in how we construct knowledge. That it's not about what I know, it's about how I help students find out what they know and maybe modify that or tweak it or develop it further. And giving that over to students is pretty scary. You know, Mm. trying to um, change that perspective Mm. from a teacher-focused to a student-focused classroom, that's, that's very scary to do. Um, and I completely understand why some teachers hesitate in implementing modeling instruction. But once you do it, it's, it's pretty, um, it, it's, it's powerful. It's really amazing to watch students develop their understanding and really take what we're developing in terms of models and applying them to new situations and new scenarios and then decide, do we need to change what we understand? Do we need to modify it a bit? Do we need to go in a different direction? And when you give a, students the opportunity to really work on that, it's, it's, um, it's quite powerful. Yeah. So I think the biggest change was really about me and how I step back and give students more um, ownership over their learning. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone on to get my doctorate. I would not have gone on to um, even attempt to apply for that presidential award and Mm. um, even think about, you know, looking at becoming a leader 
in science education. Mm. It, it, it completely changed all of that for me. And, and it certainly helped me feel a lot more confident about my teaching and about my craft. And I'm surprised I, I, look, I got my doctorate. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I had, I had no idea that it was really going to have such an impact on me, Yeah, but it, it really did. And then, and then just being able to watch um, my students, it's, it's just so much fun to, to see how, they develop over time yeah. and they, they, even, even the students that don't think they like science, it's fun to watch them really enjoy being in the science classroom. <laughs> Many of the uh, conversations I've had with modeling instructors tell me similar things. <laughs> it just changed everything for how I approach the classroom. You know? It really did. So it's pretty cool. I think if you really embrace if you really embrace the pedagogy, it's super powerful. It's really such a, a life-changing and um, wonderful experience if you really embrace it and jump right in. And I think that was the uh, maybe another piece of advice that I give to teachers. You know, some people want to like, well, maybe I'll try doing this little bit in my classroom or maybe I'll try just this part. But I jumped in with both feet and said, let's just take this on and try it. And boy, am I glad I did. It was really hard to do it that way. But I'm glad I did because I really learned a lot about, <laughs> wow, I, I've been doing it wrong for so long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just talking at kids and it really changed. It just changed how I approached it. So, yeah, it was yeah. good. It's a good thing. Wow. Now, you you teach lots of areas of science in your experience i noticed that you've taught gosh everything from biology to chemistry to physics to physiology to you know that's really a broad approach to to science especially for high school teachers most tend to focus on one or two of those areas talk to me about how modeling is implemented and how how it's kind of different when you're teaching one versus another uh, science discipline like you're teaching biology how does modeling work in the classroom for that versus how it works in chemistry and you know I think biology and chemistry tend to be very similar in the approach because it's more kind of a, a story and try to approach it from a historical perspective and how we developed our understanding of science um, I think a bigger difference is between biology and chemistry and maybe physics um, because the models look very different. Okay. There are some portions of the model in chemistry, for example, where we can develop some mathematical relationships, but that's definitely a bigger focus in physics, for sure. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's more of a story-based approach, kind of a storyline. Um, in chemistry in particular, we talk a lot about what are the particles doing and how do we change our understanding of what particles are doing as we gain more information. Do you have a particular favorite focus in the science field, personally? I really enjoy biology and chemistry. Those are my favorites, for sure. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I saw, uh, I can't remember exactly where, when I was researching a little bit about you, that your school, Ottawa Hills High School, was... uh, a top high school in Ohio, in Ohio, rated as one of the best for STEM subjects, and 
tell us a little bit about your school and and how it's attained that kind of, uh, especially in STEM, which you have had, obviously had a big influence in. Ottawa Hills uh, is uh, a very unique school district. It's a smaller school district within the greater Toledo area. And um, we have an opportunity to really focus on STEM subjects at our school because of the, the, the community really values STEM in our district. They've uh, provided me with a brand new lab space, which has been wonderful to work with this past year. And then my um, co-teachers in the department have also, uh, they're actually remodeling this summer a couple more of the science classrooms. And then a co-teacher across the hall, he has a brand new biology space. And then they've also um, provided us a research lab for students to pursue research within the school. Cool. So they, they, they definitely value uh, STEM education in our district, which is, which is wonderful. It's a great place to be. Oh, that's awesome. I know it's really important to the teacher, the the kind of tools and space that you have to teach in, you know, like lab tables and, yeah. you know, all the kind of sinks and all kinds of things that make the classroom more effective. Talk to me a little bit about how your space is set up. What's really exciting is I have mobile tables and chairs. So when we do group work, we're able to move around the classroom a little easier and and really physically build our space around students working in groups, which is really nice. Um, I, I think it's so important for students to construct that knowledge together and have uh, really fruitful conversations. You got to, you know, really be facing each other and really have that um, in-depth discussion and conversation. And um, having the, the mobile space has been quite a blessing. I really appreciate that. The other thing that's kind of interesting and a little different in my classroom space, they have installed a wall of windows. Huh. And everybody's like, oh, isn't that distracting? Don't people distract you all the time? I think it's kind of fun because then people get to peek into what we're doing because there's a lot of exciting things happening in our room. Kids are really active. We uh, engage in lab activities a lot. And they're doing whiteboard sessions and they're working in groups. And so I think it gives everybody a sneak peek at how exciting chemistry really is. And uh, I actually really like it. So I don't mind the, the, the big window that, um, that faces the hallway for students to kind of peek in. That's cool. Yes. And they've uh, provided me all kinds of uh, equipment. This year I, I received um, uh, the, the um, parent association has gifted me uh, some uh, funds to purchase uh, more vernier probeware so that we can incorporate more technology into the labs that we're collecting data for. Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. It's a very supportive school district. That's great. Which, which I think makes a big difference, you know, when you're given the tools that you need. I mean, we go from low tech using whiteboards and markers, but then, you know, vernier probeware is more of the high tech end. I'm glad you mentioned, Vernier. They're a, a real great supporter of this podcast, as well as with the AMTA. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So another thing I noticed in a little research I did was that you 
you said that you began using standards-based grading back in 2016, so for a while you've been using. Talk to me a little bit about why you made that change and how it's impacted things. One of the the leaders of the modeling program um, that I was introduced to in 2011 was using standards-based grading, and I thought, well, that sounds a little weird. What's that all about? And it took me a few years to really ask a lot of questions and kind of dig deeper into what is this all about. And it really felt like it fit very well and naturally with uh, modeling instruction because we're really trying to focus on how students develop those science, their understanding of science, and breaking that down into kind of um, little steps or, or specific concepts or content ideas along the way, I think really helps um, with students to kind of evaluate where are they in their understanding of what's going on. Mm. And it helps me as a teacher really focus on how do I develop appropriate assessments so that I understand if the students are truly representing or truly understanding the, the, the content we're, we're working on. Mm. Um, and and the at the time that I implemented, my school that I was uh, working in at the time did not truly embrace it very well. They didn't quite understand it. Um, so I, I, I kept trying to explain, it's, I'm just providing more grading, <laughs> not just a simple grade. This is more complex grade. It's, it's a lot more information to give to students and parents to really focus in on how are they um, in their development in, of science content. So, um, it, w- it was uh, it was tricky in the beginning. Um, Ottawa Hills has embraced it. They really do appreciate that the additional information about how their students are developing in, in science content, and uh, it also gives us an opportunity uh, as teachers to really help kids that need further development um, with specific content to really provide additional support in those areas, which I really like. So you find that the standards-based grading helps you over time assess the student's progress. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I've uh, had an opportunity to talk to Erica about it as well, and she's um, been a supporter of standards-based grading. I think she's running a workshop this summer about it as well. Tell me who Erica... Erica Postuma. Postuma. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Erica's I, great. She's been she's been a guest, and she works very hard to help uh, AMTA and, and, you know, with the works, all kinds of things she's involved in. She's great. I met Erica in Texas, in uh, Houston, a few years back, before COVID. Um, we were presenting at a workshop. Together, she was leading the chemistry workshop, and I was co-leading a workshop with Melissa Nolan on biology. Yeah, cool. And that's when I first met Erica. We'll be right back to the interview. But I want to encourage you to check out the AMTA's Meet a Modeler series on YouTube. You can learn about featured modelers by visiting the AMTA YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash AMTA teachers. That's youtube.com slash C slash 
AMTA Teachers. This is a great resource to use if you're leading or taking a workshop or modeling course this summer. Now, back to our interview. So, you received your doctorate in 2019, just a couple years ago. Correct. And uh, so, talk to me about what your your focus was uh, in your doctorate. Talk to us about your doctorate and, and maybe a little bit of what you learned through it, the process. So, um, I met Colleen McGowan-Romanowitz. Mm during a leadership training session at Columbia University Mm -hmm. in 2017. And it was about that time that I was really trying to figure out what is it that I want to study for my doctorate. And I've always been passionate about modeling instruction, and that was kind of the direction I wanted to head in. So after discussing it with Colleen, I came up with a... a, um, what I felt was a, a really good um, fit for my passion with modeling instruction and trying to look at some of the data that we've collected through AMTA workshops over over the years. And um, I uh, actually looked at the uh, change in science content knowledge, personal science teacher efficacy and science teaching outcome expectancy due to participation in modeling instruction professional development. <laughs> That's a long title. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a long title, yes. I, I'd but, have to unpack that one. I'd have to read it. Yeah. So what we're trying what I was trying to do is trying to look at what is it about modeling instruction professional development that really helps teachers and what is it what's changing about their understanding um of their role in the classroom. Yeah. It was really interesting. So I was able to take the data that AMTA has collected specifically for physical science um, workshops, so chemistry and physics in particular, and um, was able to pull out about 530 sets of data um, to really evaluate, you know, how, how teachers were changing um, in their pre versus post test scores hmm. through participation in the workshop. How teachers were changing. Correct. I really wanted to focus on teachers. I was really interested in the impact on teachers. Hmm. Because it, it really impacted me a lot. And I thought, well, surely I'm not the only one that's being um, affected and changed by participating in modeling instruction. And I wanted to know how, how impactful is this this workshop, this this pedagogy, it's, it's such a powerful tool um, for, te- for teachers to change their classroom. Wow. So I was really interested in how does it, how does it impact other teachers. You know, lo- I, there's lots of studies on how the students are impacted by the modeling approach. Absolutely. But this is really interesting. So talk to, tell us what you learned. So I, what I learned was um, I, I looked at gender. I looked at years of experience. I looked at uh, whether or not a teacher was teaching within their content, so content alignment, um, and their level of education to see is, is there any kind of correlation in pre- and post-test scores. So part of the, the survey tool that we put out with um, participation in modeling instruction, there are content-specific questions, so I was able to look at content knowledge. 
but there's also questions that relate to self-efficacy and outcome expectancy. So I was able to kind of look for any patterns that would emerge based on um, that information. So what was fascinating is, and, and not a surprise, I think, um, younger teachers had uh, greater gains in content knowledge and uh, self-efficacy. Hmm. Uh, I think one of the, I, I guess I'm not a surprised outcome expectancy was not necessarily a predictor. Uh, I think it's more difficult for teachers because the, the workshop, we're really teaching other teachers. So sometimes it's hard to imagine how would your students perform because all you're doing is witnessing teachers perform. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe looking at in the future, how do we come back after having implemented into the classroom and evaluate teachers again might reveal some information about that outcome expectancy. Hmm. Um, but I also found that um, female teachers had larger gains in self-efficacy and content knowledge and those that had a, a, you know, a bachelor's degree versus a master's or a doctorate. And that, that made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one thing that Colleen and I talked a lot about is the, the content knowledge piece because really modeling instruction is about developing that pedagogy and not necessarily content. Um, it's interesting that content knowledge does increase, but it's more of an unintended consequence of participation. It really isn't the focus because we're trying to develop that, that pedagogy and how do we use modeling instruction. So it's, it's fascinating that that's um, something that does increase through participation. And what I suspect um, is that when we have teachers that are not aligned to their content and they participate in a workshop like modeling instruction, they're, they're going to gain some content knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder in the future, since uh, post-COVID now, are we going to see an uptick in teachers that are teaching out of their content area, their content specialty? Um, for example, are more biology teachers going to have to teach physics, even though that's not their specialty? And how are we going to help them with that, you know, their content in teaching physics if it's not their area of specialty? So yeah. I wonder how COVID is going to change how uh, science teachers approach their their um, classroom. Interesting. I think that's another way that the AMTA can be a great influence is to give resources to teachers, you know, because I know there's a lot of content resources available through the AMTA and the the fellowship of of modeling instructors, even, you know, the community of modeling instructors to help each other. I'm curious in your research, um, how broad was your study? To how many people took the surveys? And so when I looked at the data, there there were a lot of um, people taking the surveys, but the trick was to make sure that I was getting both a pre and post test, and people that were answering all of the questions. Uh-huh. So. Um, I had to kind of pare down that data, and I think I ended up with a sample size of around 530 people. Oh, wow! Um, which is which is a you know, that's a good number. 
Great. Mm-hmm. And was this mostly concentrated in Ohio or did? No, this was the, the um, data provided by AMTA. So it would have been the workshops that we've done all over across the states. Oh, cool. I, I can look up what states if you'd like me to. Oh, no, that's all right. Uh, just knowing it's a broad, that broad of a coverage, I think, yeah. is important yeah. to understand when you're pulling your data together. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are your big takeaways from that whole study? study? So uh, content knowledge, a lot of our content knowledge as science teachers really comes from our training at the university level as an undergrad. The trick is then how do we take that content knowledge and turn that into something that's understandable for our students? And that's the pedagogical content knowledge. And I don't know that we are doing a very good job, at least in my experience, of taking that content knowledge and turning it into pedagogical content knowledge. I think Hmm. modeling instruction workshops do a really superb job of that process. How do we help students understand that content um, better? And that's through the development of models and um, and then the deployment of those models in new situations to see um, how those models work and do we need to modify them in some way to um, kind of look at how do they correlate with the, the, the data that we're collecting. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's kind of, you know, where our, our niche um is for sure is how do we help teachers develop that pedagogical content knowledge. That's great. You've been teaching using modeling for about 12 years now. And uh, and you've done all this study work with your, it's very interesting, your PhD, I find. Um, What would be your big, tips, the most important things that you would share with like new modelers or people considering entering into modeling, what would you, what would you say to those people to, you know, that you would be the best advice you could give them? (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) It's such a powerful tool. Um, I think uh, one of the other really powerful tools that we um, develop, especially with in-person modeling workshops, is this cohort of people that you you work with during a workshop. Hmm. Um, and I would rely on those people to you know to keep that conversation going and and rely on them to like uh, help you through some of the tough stuff because making this switch from a teacher-based to a student-based classroom is challenging, um, but it is so rewarding and so worth it. And um, it's just, it's a big switch. So having your support network around you is important. Finding people to um, go to, to kind of talk through things. And, um, and then, and then I think, um, Having those um, workshops led by other teachers is a really is really awesome as well because mm. it's that it's kind of showing hey we're all in this together we're all learning and we're all developing and and it's um, it's an ongoing process and 
I totally relied on the workshop leaders that I've had in the past and um, reached out to them for help and ideas. And, you know, we've um, continued to get together over time and uh, keep working and, and improving our craft. So, yeah. so you still have relationships with those people? Yes. In fact, um, one of the uh, uh, leaders for bringing Bowling Green, uh, the modeling workshop, uh, I had her on my dissertation panel, so <laughs> oh. she was she was very uh, helpful in that in that uh, in that process. So, and that's not you're not talking about Colleen. Um, Colleen was on my dissertation panel as well. There was a professor at Bowling Green State University that um, brought modeling workshops to the community. And so she was a professor on campus, and she had uh, reached out to a couple of community members, um, actually Nate Ash, who was uh, the physics expert teacher, and uh, Kate, uh, Mary-Kate Haifman, who actually, um, who is um, position I replaced at Iowa Hill. She actually retired, and then I I took her job over <laughs> at Ottawa Hill. Oh. So, yeah, we've um, remained a, a tight-knit community. So, But yeah, Tracy, who's awesome. at Clark, helped to bring uh, modeling instruction to Bowling Green State University, and, and um, yeah, she was on my dissertation panel. Tell us about the workshops and conferences that you've been a part of and and what you tend to bring to those uh what are your strengths and and how do you approach them talk to us about that in the past i have uh led kind of an introductory workshop about modeling instruction so teachers get a taste of what that's all about and just kind of engaging them in the process of development of a model um I've done that a few different uh, times in the past, locally, um, mostly here in Ohio. And I've led, uh, co-led biology workshops in Texas and uh, two online workshops uh, for biology modeling. And I think one of the things that I, I really work on a lot is how to ask the right questions of students. So I think one of my strengths is how do I scaffold questioning to help kind of bring people to, you know, your kind of your end goal. How do you get people from point A to point B through questioning? And that's one thing that I really, it was very scary in the beginning. How do you do that with students? Um, But I think over time I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. And it's something that I, I work on all the time. Yeah. And I think that's the part that makes the job really exciting is that every day is different. Every class is different. Every group of students is different in terms of what they understand in the beginning and how do you ask the right questions along the way to help them develop their understanding. Okay. You were, you were the parent of the year for the Ohio something of gifted children. Tell us about that. What, what was that? Your kids are gifted. My Yeah, so my own children were in a special pull-out class for gifted students, and the, the, um, the teacher for the gifted uh, program in our district um, invited me 
to come and teach their gifted students about science. So I would often go in and do modeling and we would develop models together about different topics. And each year she had a different focus. So I would bring in something different and, and, and we would just have a lot of fun. One of the, one of my favorite activities that we did uh, was trying to talk about states of matter. And um, I brought in Ublek, the cornstarch in water. Mm-hmm. And we, okay, so what is this? <laughs> Where does this fit? And so um, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Gloria, tell us how you feel that modeling instruction has informed your teaching and and changed your approach to life. <laughs> I guess is how I want to say okay. it. Okay, <laughs> my life in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that in 2011 how much it was going to change how I approach teaching and how being convinced by my coworker at the time, this workshop that I thought, oh, yeah, this sounds like fun. I'll, do, I'll go. Sure. How much it has completely changed everything that I do. It has completely revitalized how I approach my classroom. It has completely um, it, it made my classroom exciting again, and every year is different now. It's not kind of like rinse and repeat. It's every day is new. Everything is exciting again, and it's uh, it's just made, I, I think, made me a better teacher overall um, because I'm so excited and passionate about bringing this pedagogy to other other teachers and I'm very excited to share it and talk about it and um, and and try to help other teachers implement it into their own classroom and then it you, you know really makes me think about how am I teaching and how am I approaching this and what are my student misconceptions and how can I help them better and every year their misconceptions are a little different you know one class may not understand, um, you know, a particular topic, but, you know, uh, the next year, maybe the teacher said something a little different, and now this group of students does understand it better. So, every year is a little different, and it's it's made teaching exciting again for me, which is what, what, uh, what it's all about. Um, I got my doctorate in leadership studies. And people often ask me, well, now that you have your doctorate, what are you going to do next? Are you going to become an administrator? Are you going to go out there and, you know, become a professor? Um, I do teach a a class at a local university on the side, um, a biology class, uh, once or twice a year, which I really like. Um, But really, I'm, I'm excited to be back in the classroom again. And I feel like that's the place I need to be. And that's where I can bring my leadership, um, training is is really back to the classroom and how to help help students and help other teachers that's awesome gosh i'm sure glad you're uh, a modeler i'm glad that uh, students are having the chance to be influenced by your teaching uh, i think it's awesome and it's a great thing thank you and i've enjoyed very much talking with you today i hope that you have an awesome time in europe 
Thank you. You guys going to go around to several countries, or are you yes. focusing on one major? We're planning on going to Germany and Italy and England. Awesome. And maybe another country in between there. We're not sure yet. So. <laughs> I've never been to Berlin, so I'm excited about going to Berlin. I've only been in southern Germany. so. Well, again, it's been wonderful having you as a guest, and, and uh, thank you for sharing your insights and your knowledge with our listeners today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Science Modeling Talks. Head over to sciencemodelingtalks.com and you'll be able to listen to any of our archived episodes and access our show notes, which include guest bios, show highlights, and links to resources that were mentioned during the interview. While you're there, subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. When you join this community through our email list, we'll send you a link to a lot of awesome resources from the American Modeling Teachers Association. Okay, so that's our show. As always, remember to keep striving for excellence in your classroom.